Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Cake Watch podcast, the podcast that has never been torn a new one by a Luxemburger. <laughs> uh, my name is Steve Bullock, I'm an ex-negotiator for the UK in the EU and a uh, sometime hairy guitar player and I'm here with Chris my Kendall. colleague. Yeah, me, Chris Kendall, um, a Eurocrat of many years standing and I, I don't think I could honestly say hand on heart that I've never been torn a new one by a Luxemburger actually. <laughs> I'd have to. Have you had any Luxembourger bosses? Because the chances have, are, yeah. then you have been. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, you almost certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but never quite as badly as happened to some bloke yesterday. Another another Oxford Classics graduate, though not one who got as good a degree as me. But ooh, <laughs> burn, burn, baby, burn. Yeah. Anyway, the the whole EU official status is. Are completely irrelevant to the fact that I'm doing the podcast, which I do in a strictly personal capacity, Steve. Strictly personal capacity. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> fucking hell. It's been a bit of a fortnight, eh? Oh, so much has happened since we last spoke on the podcast, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, we're both award winners. Oh, yes. Yes, we did. Well, I didn't actually win an award. I was, I, I came second in some categories. So I won an actual award, a little 3D printed little hashtag that somebody said that looks like an iron cross, which was not what they were looking for. Um, but you came runner up in like all the categories. Yeah. I think I would have got higher if I hadn't deactivated my Twitter account temporarily yeah, as well, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, no, you'd I'd rather I'd rather come first in one category, in in in, the, in all, all, <laughs> however risible the result was. I mean, I honestly I'm I'm happy to take the gong and I'm grateful for it, but to call me the number one EU influencer on economy and trade when all I do is rant about Brexit and swear a lot and post stupid, unoriginal gifs is I, I, i'm just questioning their algorithm that's all but anyway well, thanks we'll take think, it no no i think I, I think you've done i think you've done good stuff on trade the surprise was the fucking transport category to be honest well i wasn't in that were you not in there no no i only got uh, the economy trade well there you go you should have been in the transport i was in the transport category but you should have been in the transport category because you talk about the <laughs> how hard your drive home because is. i constantly whine constantly, about the euro shuttle yeah, yeah. whereas yeah, and and the A40 or, or, or somewhere else I don't care about. Yeah. yeah. No, but it, it, <laughs> I posted South. one thread five years ago <laughs> about telling <laughs> Chloe Westley how stupid she was about trade, and that makes me an EU influencer, apparently. So yeah. I'll take it. You no, do, that's great. You do retweet a lot of actual trade yes. experts, though. <laughs> I retweet Dimitri <laughs> and David Hennig a lot. Exactly, that does make yeah. me a very and important influencer. Jim Cornelius. Influence. Jim, oh, Jim Cornelius. Yeah, a lot absolutely. of Jim Cornelius. Yeah, so... Yeah. No, but yeah. apparently they they don't take the podcast into account at all. It's not a podcaster award. It's it's, it's, it's no, purely no. social media, by which they mean mm -hmm. Twitter. Um, yeah. Obviously, if it was podcasting, we'd, we'd sweep the floor, obviously. 
really? I've, I think you need more than seven listeners to sweep the floor with anything. <laughs> We've got more than seven ge- guests, and surely they all listen. Do, do, do you not think? Do you think all of our guests listen to every episode? No. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not even sure all the hosts not, listen not, to all not, the episodes. Not, we're not convinced. <laughs> anyway, do you have any other? Do you have any other follow up? I no. I don't even know where to start. So no. Uh, I think that's we should the, just dive the, in. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. As we've said several times, this isn't a news podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we'll be out of date instantly anyway. So last time, there is, there is a bit of follow-up, because last time we were talking about um, future scenarios. Um, and it, it helped crystallise my thinking a bit, because um, I tweeted the next day with what I saw as being the likely ways forward now. And I think it's it's now likely that you'll have an extension linked to an election. Um, Though there is, of course, the outside chance that he will um, be able to produce some kind of um, recycled Theresa May deal and get that through. That's not to be excluded. But likelihood, it seems to me, is extension plus election. Um, And then in that election, either he wins majority in which case we're all doomed or he doesn't win a majority in which case it seems to me most likely that Corbyn would form a minority government uh, with um not with not not a coalition but in with the support of the various remain parties that seems well, to me to be more likely well do, look john take john take each of each of these in turn because uh chris did tweet this just after we recorded last week but um but I ignored it until David Allen Green tweeted something almost identical. As usual. Uh, then you came back to me saying, look at, look at David Allen Green's really clever tweet. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's, isn't it exactly like mine two weeks ago? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I read, his tweet, I read his tweets, though. Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah, he'd ask for views on the following possible trajectory. Article 50 extension, two, general election, then a hung parliament, a further referendum, and a remain victory. Now, at this point, that does actually look like the most likely way out of this. Yes. But I think we should, I think it would be useful if we looked at each one in turn because there's a lot of unlikely it's what's and buts going on on the way there, no? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. The, the, it's one of those situations where, um, what is it, in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, and 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 where you've got incredibly implausible, um, yeah, potential potential outcomes. The least incredibly implausible of the implausible outcomes is more likely to be what happens. Well, it's, like, it's like the probabilities like that. The, the you know once you once you start aggregating it, then it. Um, then things get much less likely very very quickly yeah. because you you know because you divide each time so um it's like winning the lottery the winning the lottery is one of the least likely things that could ever happen and yet someone manages to do it pretty much every week <laughs> you know yeah. so um well, so what so should we take these one at a time yeah what we're about to do is we're about to effectively verbalise a, a John Worth flowchart. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's do it that, let's do it that way. So, yeah. Article 50 extension. I mean, there's some noise, there's, there's, there's noises that this isn't as straightforward as people think. 
well, then you all, but yeah. then you always hear a counter briefing of a diplomat saying, uh, an EU27 diplomat saying, look, we'll never, <clears throat> we'll never kick them out against their will, which refusing extension effectively, effectively would be. Well, like, I, th- I think that the extension is likely if it's linked to a general election. And I think of all of these things, the general election is the, high, the one with the highest likelihood. Um, it's effectively 100% likely at some point in the next six months, I would say. Well, not 100%, but it's, it's going to happen in the next few months. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, we'll come to that, but I'm, le- I'm, I'm less certain about that. But before we get to the Article 50 extension, I mean, are there any flaws in the, in the Ben bill? I mean, is there any way to avoid having to ask for an Article 50 extension? Do you think, uh, is there any possibility that Johnson's going to try and bring back a deal and yes, get a vote I, on I, it? I think there is a possibility, definitely. I mean, I, I've actually thought for a long time, since since well before he uh, resurfaced as in, and became Prime Minister, that once you've moved Theresa May, once you've removed Theresa May and you've have changed the parliamentary maths and dynamic then the most likely and logical outcome is that you go back to the Northern Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland only backstop, which is what the Commission re- had originally... Uh, that was what was originally on, on the cards. But that's been ruled out, that's been ruled out again. And- well, only because the DUP don't want it. I mean, it was always a DUP problem. It wasn't really a problem for anybody else. The English nationalists don't actually give a shit. They might say they do, but they don't. So it seems to me... Not unlikely that a re um, that a repackaged, um, respun um, Theresa May deal going back to the original Northern Ireland backstop only, if that could be spun in a way that Johnson can say, "Well, look at this, I've I've achieved something incredible. I've got rid of the backstop." Um, that that could actually get get him over the line. I agree, it might, but um, but that's not what seems to be being proposed. Um, I mean, aside from that, they haven't tabled a written text, which we've talked about at great length. Yeah, uh, the the need to. Um, well, that's probably why. I mean, frankly, that's probably why. I think it's incredibly, um, it's incredibly arrogant and disrespectful. I think well, the words I've got in, in our sh- in our episode notes are disrespectful, arrogant, and fucking stupid. <laughs> well, it might not be fucking stupid, but it's certainly disrespectful and arrogant. I mean, it seems to me that what they're like, what's likely to, to be to be going on here is that they they know what they want to table. They've got a feeling that it might fly, but they're leaving it to the very last minute so that everybody just says, "Fine, take it," because they they know that if they do it too soon. It'll get shot down. Do you really so think? Because what? Because what they're briefing it is is who 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 somebody called it a slice and dice backstop, um, which is this kind of complex system of there being alignment in some areas and not in others, and that um, any new any new rules requires require agreement of Stormont, but no, not no. not saying what the Stormont is. That's not going to fly with with Brussels. no. It's obviously not going to. No, fl- no. It's no, obviously no, it not going to fly. But, that, but that's what. But that it's obviously not going to fly. But that's what Number Ten's briefing that is. Yeah. Well, they, what's their brief? The thing is, where we are now is we, we, it doesn't matter what Number Ten briefs because Number Ten <laughs> is no longer remotely reliable in any way. They'll brief whatever they want to brief in order to try and get them through the next couple of weeks. But yeah. the reality is, and I think that they 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 will know this. There will be people in in Whitehall and Westminster who get especially in Whitehall who get this. They know that the only chance they've got now of getting out on the 31st of October is to go back to the Theresa May deal with or without the, the all-UK all backstop. But how does, how does the maths look on that? I mean, assuming you won't get most of the ERG, 
how many labor how many labor uh labor uh pro dealers are there going to be well i mean i do i this is not my area of expertise but I, i've seen a figure of around 50 well that's what they're claiming but then the figures seem to be closer to sort of 25 or 30 so then it all then it all really depends on it really depends on labor and he's not at the moment on current policy he's not going to get that through is he so so yeah then we do then we do fall to uh fall to an extension don't yeah. we so then yeah and then request. so then the question is well how does how does that extension work politically when you've had a government that has said so clearly that it's not going to it's not going to extend mm. it's not going to seek an extension so then then you've got the um the irresistible force beating the immovable object which is the law so um yeah i i think that's that's i think i think it's what's likely is that, that you'll have um an extension requested by somebody or offered linked to an linked to an election that you have an election uh, and and that might be in the context where Johnson has temporarily stepped back or there's some been some some kind of but the, but the thing is but but the thing is that, that Johnson can't promise an election the government can't promise an election no but that's what I'm saying I'm saying that then what you're looking at is probably some sort of caretaker government arrangement some but the caretaker against- government would but there'd have to be a caretaker government in place to agree the but a caretaker government can't guarantee an election either. I mean, this is kind of the point. You can't. Well, it can. It can um, get the part. Uh, it can under the fixed term Parliament Act if it's got two thirds majority, can't it? Yeah, but that would have to happen before. This is about. This is about the sequencing. This would have to happen before the agreement of an extension. So an extension would have to be offered, and then the government would have to fall, and then a caretaker government would have to get into place. Now, if you're assuming that they'll get through the seventeens, there isn't time for that. There basically isn't time for that to happen before Brexit Day. Mm. That's 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 the issue. So I don't really see how it can be. It can be an expectation of a uh, of a general election, but that would require Parliament to to have signalled that it's going to that it's going to have a general a general election. And I don't know if they're going to 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 do that. Wouldn't there be time I, when 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 does time when does Parliament go back? Assuming that the current court case doesn't send them back. Um, it's the fourteenth, right? Okay, so there is time. Ah, if they threw Johnson out before, or the, if he before the, before the summit, but I, but I, yeah. I I think it's inconceivable that Johnson won't be going to the summit. I'm sure Johnson will be going to the summit. Um, so then you've got two weeks, a little bit under, slightly yeah. under two weeks after the after the after the summit. Yeah, less than two weeks, which mm. is. Uh, I mean, it's potentially enough time to put a government of national unity together, but it's potentially not as well. Um, so, so really, that's not that's not clear at all. The other thing with the deal is that the deal still needs to be ratified by the Parliament, so it's by the, by the European Parliament as well. So, it's hard to see how the timeline how the timeline works works for that really. Well, um, um, potentially a, a, sh- a short extension in order to allow that to happen, but. Mm. Yeah. Also, I think. Also, I think, and this this is on the result of the general election. I'm not sure that EU27 believe that a general election would particularly solve much. Yeah. Um, well, that's a whole because, other issue, which is the other thing that we wanted to get onto. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. either you get the same government back, possibly with uh, 
uh, Brexit Party support, which would make it make make matters even worse in every respect. Um, or and then it's no, and then it, it must clearly be no deal. Um, or uh, you end up with a hung parliament. Now at the moment we've got two parties, um, Labour and Lib Dems, who appear to be unable to unable to work together. In fact, the Lib Dems have, have absolutely ruled out going into partnership with going into government with Labour. Yeah, I know, but um, they don't need to go into government with Labour. They only need to uh, pass some kind of, uh, what, is it, what do you call it, confidence and supply deal with Labour. And the, the price of that would be a referendum. Um, so, I mean, I don't rule that out at all. I think that that's one of the – once you get an election, there are two outcomes. And I think that um, the EU has said often enough uh, – will extend if if there's a good reason for it and an election would be a good reason for it. And once you've got an election, yeah, then you've got then you've got a po- couple of possibilities. One is indeed that um Johnson um wins. Um which would be a disaster. I I, but but I mean, there's I, also I a possibility. Re- oh, hang on. There's there's also the possibility that um, he doesn't win, or at least he doesn't get a majority, in which case there is, uh, it seems to me, the mathematical possibility and political likelihood that you'd get some kind of minority government led by somebody else, let's be Corbyn, wouldn't it, Um, but in in order to be able to deliver um, anything, he would have to um, agree to a referendum, which he's effectively already done. I'm just, yeah, I mean, he he has, but I'm not sure... I, I, I'm worried that Lib Dems have have done a bit of a Brexiteer job on this. Um, in that, the rhetoric against Corbyn, directly against Corbyn, has been so strong. Um, I mean, I'm no fan of I'm no fan of uh, of Corbyn whatsoever. But the rhetoric against Corbyn has been so strong. The ruling of stuff out has been so strong oh, I, that. Well, it has. I mean, it's been ruled. Yeah, no, it's but been, I don't it's think been it, abso- I, it's been absolutely. It's been absolutely categorically ruled out. But that's conference um, so, party season stuff. I mean, look at look at where they were yeah, a week yeah, ago. Well, you know, it yeah. Was, but hang on, it's not. This isn't a question of what Lib Dems will do. This is a question of what Labour will do and what what uh, what uh, what Labour membership will put up with. I mean, having had this barrage barrage of stuff from the Lib, Lib Dems, I mean, as fierce attacks on Labour as on the government. Um, it's going to be very hard for a Labour leadership who doesn't want to go into partnership with the Lib Dems anyway, who thinks they're Tories, they're not, but they think they are, to to then go and just... To, them on. <laughs> to, to, to then, well, a lot of the MPs are now, are ex, exactly. ex-Tories. But um, it's going to be very hard for them to go into even a confidence and su- su- supply arrangement with them. And and the same and the same goes for uh, for the SNP in partnership with Lib Dems. Now the SNP will do will do it, but I'm not convinced at all that that uh, I'm not convinced at all that under those circumstances Labour will. And Labour could say, as Labour has in the past, in his historically tried, they'll say, look, we'll just run it we'll run it as a minority. And when there needs to be another general election, there'll be another general election. And that well, puts that puts that puts stuff in that puts stuff in uh, in uh, seriously up in the air. The big thing is, that, but the big thing from EU twenty seven point point of view is that it's obvious that there's no majority in Parliament for any one option, and it's very likely that a general election would mean again there is no majority in Parliament for any one option. 
And that's the that's the difficulty facing a U twenty seven. I think. I, okay, so I slightly disagree with you. Um, I don't think that it is as unlikely as you're making out that um, there would be some kind of grand Remain alliance. I don't think that you'll have a Remain coalition government, but I think that you could see um, enough. Um, I hope so. I very much hope so. You know, um, will to keep the Tories out, keep Johnson out, and deliver a referendum. Um, and I think once you've got a referendum, then all bets are off. And I think that's, you know, I think in that, given that that's, that's a possibility, I think that that's why you'd see the EU agreeing to an extension if it's linked to an election. That's, but could you even, but could you even deliver a referendum? And so imagine a situation where, say, a Remain Alliance, so um, Plaid, uh, Labour, Lib Dems, SNP, Plaid, Greens, um, all have, a, however, an agreement on this um and and have a maj- and together have a majority of 15 or whatever but it's likely to it's likely to be pretty small mm-hmm. you know the po- the polling still has tories at 30 odd percent you know so um so it's likely to be pretty small and at that point are there 20 are there 20 labor would there be 20 labor mps who simply wouldn't consent to a to it, and I think that I think the answer might be I think the answer really might be yes there, um, and it's very likely that lots of the Tories who would have consented to that will have gone, either retired or deselected or chucked out of the party. So um, you know, I think I think my my point isn't I'm not making an absolute prediction about what would happen in general election or what would happen after a general election. I very 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 much hope that the uh, the parties could work together properly. Um, my point is that an election doesn't automatically solve anything and brings its own issues and may put us back in the same situation. That's that's really my well, point. Well, that, that's, that's clearly a risk. Um, but we're, we're just trying to sort of game the, the possibilities here. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the other possibility is that the EU just says no and we're out without a deal. Do you think that what what do you think the chances of that are? I think they're not not hugely high. I think what, what I think if there is a possibility of an election uh, where the cards get reshuffled again and we we find ourselves in a new situation, then then I think that that will be granted. I, that's what I think. But what is cha- what is changing is that the, the you know the promise or the prospect of a referendum is only seen by the EU as a good thing in that it would bring. It would bring a, de- a definitive result. Yes. It's not like the the EU's now really not rooting for Remain. Well, that's the next thing that we wanted to talk about. So we I thought we could just tuck this into this bit and then come back to. Yeah. No. Yeah. I th- well, I think we, we've we've lost already lost the shape and structure of what we were going to discuss, and we're, we're <laughs> all over it. But that's fine. Let's just let it flow. I mean, it seems to me that um, you know we we've been talking about this for a long time, pretty much since the podcast started. We've been talking about how. Um, People are wrong if they think that the EU will do anything it can to keep British in. I mean, and I don't think most. I think most people have, have, are now realising that. Yeah. But it, you do really get the feeling that since Johnson took over, that has really sharpened a lot. And the you know this, there it's not that there is absolute unanimity on the EU side. So you saw, for example, today an interesting um, tweet from Norbert Rutgen, the German um, chair of foreign affairs um, in, in the German parliament. Oh, I didn't see. Oh, he was quite critical of Bettel. 
he was quite critical of the of the Luxembourg Prime Minister. He said that this was very unconstructive, very unhelpful, not constructive way approaching these things and that we have to um, think about the future and cool heads must prevail and ultimately we're going to need a relationship with the British so there's no point in burning bridges, which, you know, it was quite sharp. Well, I agree in um, principle, but you can only take so much. Well, exactly, yeah? exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and, and, and I think that um, what we heard from Battle... I mean, also, let's, let's be clear that it's been... Um, it's been uh, um, exaggerated somewhat in in the coverage. Um, I think when you look at what happened, I mean, you know, he he <laughs> he's not the one who walked away from the podium. He's not. I mean, he just went. And of course, you know, okay, you get a fantastic photo of him waving at the empty podium, but of course, that was taken out of context. I mean, he was there was a reason why he was waving at the podium, and it wasn't just to say this fat sack of shit hasn't turned up to the podium, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not like they scammed him into not turning up. You don't right. send him down the wrong corridor or something. Exactly. So He, um, cho- he chove at the very last yeah. minute not to. But the reality is um, that he, he's always been one of the more um, fed up. Um, and, and right now he really couldn't give a shit. He could not give yeah, a no. shit for all the criticism that Luxembourg is in. Julia Hartley Brewer um, has a go at Luxembourg and says that they can't have their 39 billion. Well, Luxembourg's the richest country in the world, so fuck <laughs> off, you know? Um, and uh, who is it? Who else? T- um, Leave.eu calls Luxembourg a tin pot country. Well, if, if a tin pot... It, it, if tin pot countries are the ones that have almost twice as much GDP per person as any other country in the world... Give me your pot of tin, you know. So, <laughs> really, I mean, it, he really has zero fucks to give. And at the same time, he's he's somebody who um, is confident in having public support f- for his uh, pro-European stance. I mean, yep. Luxembourg is very pro-European for obvious <laughs> reasons. He's also an LGBT. He's a gay uh, head of government. He probably and he's you know he 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 will certainly know of what um, Johnson has said absolutely. about gay people. Absolutely, um, absolutely, he will know about that. And you know, on top of that, I think people don't appreciate quite how unbelievably poorly Johnson is seen by European leaders. But the weird. That's true. For, the for weird... dating back decade, I mean, a very long time oh, yeah. since he, oh, since yeah, he hit their God, radar. Yeah. Really, really don't have any time for him at all. But the weird thing is that reports from generally pretty good sources were that um, that Johnson had made a, a much better impression than had been expected on a U27 leaders and that... Quite a few of them have become convinced that he genuinely did want a deal, which so the reports from Ten Downing Street. No, 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 not at all. They were from good correspondents. I'm very skeptical talk, about that. Talking to no, they were from you, people who don't make it up. Um, and yeah, which I, and and then there was they were from several different sources as well that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So, um. Yeah, I mean, the big surprise to me is that he is, is that he managed to make it. I guess when you're expecting someone to be uh, horrendous and they're not, and seem to have an inkling of what they're talking about, you know, that adds up to a good impression. Well, we know, know we know what he does because he did it with 
all of his backbenchers in order to get to um, in order to get his name on the ballot, and he does it. He does it all the time with everybody. It's he, he schmoozes. I know, I'm just surprised. That, I'm just surprised that they were taken in. Well, that's I don't, given, I don't. Given the I backstory, I doubt they were. I really doubt they were. Really, I really yeah. doubt. You it. might be right. You could well. But be I mean, right. you know, I mean, uh, no, no doubt he has some cunning plan. We were already discussing what his cunning plan probably is, but that doesn't get over the fact that he's. This brinksman, this brinksman, brinksman, brinkmanship of, of of his, leaving it all until the very last minute, is very un-EU. It is not the way that people operate. People like transparency. That is a virtue. It is widely seen as a virtue. And playing all your cards close to your chest, treating it like a game, delivering it all at the very last minute in order to get it over the line, basically because you're hoodwinking key parts yeah, of your constituency. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, key stakeholders who would object are being kept in the dark so that they don't have time to object. It's exactly the same with the prorogation of Parliament. And it, it's not on. And it, people look at that. Uh, Democrats around Europe look at that, and they, they, they are pretty disgusted with it. This is, this is really a thing, actually. I've noticed the, the, um, the stuff coming from EU sources on this is much more concerned about the dishonesty yeah. now that one of the people who was dishonest is in power and still being dishonest. Yeah. You know, it was a, I think I have a sense that it was a little bit different with May in that all of the leaders recognised that she'd been dealt, she'd been dealt a, a, a shitty deck of cards to, a, a shitty hand of cards to deal with. And okay, everybody thought she did it very badly as well. I'm not, I'm not giving her any sort of passes whatsoever. Yeah. But, you know, but leaders understand the predicaments that other leaders find themselves in. Yeah. But but now one of the architects, one of the liars in chief, is yeah. here, and they're still gaslighting and still lying yeah. about it. This is really this has really really been noticed. Yeah. And I mean the uh, the tr- there's there's absolutely zero zero trust now, which leads us to the um, to, to 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 the whole um, point that I wanted to talk about, which is that um, we're not wanted. I mean. No, I don't think anybody wants. I think they will. Yeah, you know, obviously they will have no choice but to accept revocation if revocation is where we end up. Which you know, who, you know, who knows? It might still happen. That's what we're still hoping for. But I don't think anybody wants us to revoke. I think people want us to leave with a deal. But I don't think yeah, people want. Yeah. Us, I think you know, and, and pe- people really have. We've been saying it all along. People have moved on. People don't want the UK to be back messing things up with its internal civil wars and um but what's interesting is that um you're seeing this now in places where you might not have seen it before and 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 you're beginning to see how whereas all all this time we'd had some fantastic solidarity from certainly from eu politicians but also from a lot of the eu public saying you know what we see that this was a con trick we see that there are a lot of people in britain who are waving eu flags and marching up and down we see that there is a constituency there that are being sold down the river that you're us you're our people we 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 won't let you down I think I, you know, I, I get this sort of feeling, putting my finger up in the air. I get this feeling that that's kind of evaporating, and that we are all being lumped together. And and what what gives me this sense? I mean, for example, I mean, okay, Juncker isn't necessarily um, your European everyman, but Juncker <laughs> uh, Juncker said um, Juncker was reported by uh, Jen Rankin as, as, as saying. 
the British from the very beginning were part-time European. What we needed full-time Europeans. But he didn't say Britain or the British government. He said the British. The um, British, yeah. And increasingly you're hearing people talk about the British or Brits. And even, even you know, Remainers, the people who are activists, the people out on the street marching, you hear people saying, yeah, well, where were they before the referendum? It's all very well now, but, you know, where were you? Oh, you're really there? hearing people say that? Wow. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, I'm beginning to get, for example, I mean, I don't know where they're coming from, but I'm beginning to get the old troll on, on Twitter uh, coming in and saying, you know, you're not wanted, fuck off. Um, we don't want you to, you know, we don't care of what, how you voted. We don't want you back. We don't want you, yeah. you need to go. You need to fuck off. And this is the, this is the thing that I was saying all along about we, you and I were both saying at the beginning of the process, well, this is a fucking disaster, but you know, with a bit of, uh, you know, we've got some goodwill stored, you know, with, if we, mm, if we work yeah. on the, on, on, and we spend that goodwill wisely and we, and we try to sort of build trust, you know, then, you know, we can sort of get to a decent place because we have certain things in, in, in reserve. Well, that reserve was very rapidly drained as we've catalogued and yeah. we've now well into deficit it's we've now got a serious uh we've seriously banked some ill will so there's yeah. really no yeah, good feeling there's no you know people aren't aren't interested in doing us favors for the sake of fact they don't you know they don't like us anymore and i you know i'm somebody who grew up um in in the 1970s and 80s as as identifying as german in england and i know what it's like to be from a country where people uh with a nationality where people automatically think you know automatically judge you as being you know on the basis of bad things that your country did yeah uh, and and you know british have not been immune to this either because the british have done plenty of bad things certainly in certain countries but i think that what you're seeing now is um and I don't think this is going to change whatever happens now, unfortunately. I think I think the the, the, the seeds have now been sown. I think the British, um, for some time to come, are going to be stigmatized collectively, all of us, doesn't matter yeah, how we yeah, voted. Yeah. We're all so going well. to be stigmatized by what's happened through Brexit. And people are gonna there's gonna be a lot of hostility. You know, we we keep dishing it out and we're gonna have to start taking it now, I think. Which is a very sad thing to have to say. But no, no, I really, no, I really think it's, I really think it's true, you know, I mean, um, with the band of doing weddings over, uh, did a couple of weddings over the, over the summer, you know, and you get talking to people and, uh, you see the look when they ask where you're from and yeah. you say, uh, you, you, you see the look on their faces, you know, and yeah. they try to be polite. Um, but you know, they're... Oh, sometimes they don't particularly yeah. just shake the head and go, "Fucking yeah. hell, you guys!" You know, yeah. uh, what the fuck? What the fuck happened to you? What yeah. the fuck happened to you? And um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely, I definitely, uh, I definitely sensed a bit of that. You know, I did weddings with diplomats at it and got talking to, got talking to some, and yeah, they were like, "Well, guys, it's a shame, but we've got to, we've yeah. got to look after ourselves here." Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's, and and the the other. Um, the other shoe to drop is that um, we forget we a lot of the people in the British bubble, the English bubble, forget that other people, other countries have politics too, and exactly. other politicians exactly. have exactly. And um, and there's hate, there's hate to be made here, eh? political oh, hate oh, to be made. Oh, absolutely, because yeah. you know what, the British are unpopular, 
And if you look at, you know, the, I'm afraid to say that xenophobia is not exclusively a British vice. You know, it, it's something that you see all over Europe increasingly, which is not not a good thing to, to, to have to observe. But And that xenophobia is likely to be targeting us as well, as, as speaking as a Brit. You know, the British are going yeah, to be yeah. uh, subject to, to, to a lot of public um, uh, um, antagonism, I get the feeling. And when you look at, um, look at, for example, EU policy towards, say, Turkey. Um, look at Turkish enlargement and how uh, Turkish accession. Why hasn't that happened after all these years? Uh, a big part of that is because national governments know that there's no votes in it for them, to, whereas there are votes in it for them to oppose that. And, yeah. and and many national. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid to say that it, it, you see it clearly in in some national delegations um, when it comes to things like visa uh, liberalisation and so on. Um, xenophobia um, of one sort or another um, is a potent force in politics where people get uh, are running for election. Well, we, well, we've seen what a potent force it is in yes. politics because it's, it's a potent force in our politics. And so that's Absolutely. going to turn around and bite us in the arse. You know, if, if we, we, yeah. can, we, can, we can revoke and remain, um, that, that we can still do that and nobody can stop us. But if we, if we leave, we, we, we have such a mountain to climb. And I think, you know, look at the experience of Turkey um, and where Turkey ended up. But, but even if we remain, we have a mountain to climb. I mean, somebody replied to one of your mm. tweets today, I saw, saying he'd had his first... You know, somebody saying "Go home, Brit." To them, did he? I didn't in, see that in, in Brussels. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, if so. you shout, if, if you shout "Go home, foreigners!" at people, yeah. and the press reports it, which it does, yeah. uh, then it's like you say, it's gonna it's gonna yeah. come yeah. come back to bite you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm deeply deeply sheepish as yeah. a, as a as a Brit in Brussels. Um, I mean, I think the 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 one. Uh, the one positive to come from it is that the attitude towards uh, uh, an independent Scotland appears joining the EU appears to soften and soften. I mean, it's the Scots that have managed to carve out. Uh, yeah. This wasn't, uh, you know, the this was an English thing. It wasn't it. This wasn't us. Yeah. This was nothing. This was nothing to do with us. Which is helped by the Irish situation too, I think. And I, it's, it's true. Yeah. And the, the, you know, again, there's there's the downside of English nationalism. It being an English nationalist. Uh, movement means it, it is easy for the Scots to carve themselves out and say, "Well, it's not us." And, and yeah, absolutely, and so they should. And so actually. they should, yeah. Or it isn't them. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, that takes us on to, you know, the next stage after the extension, uh, which was a further, which was a further referendum. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I really don't. Yeah, I really don't think that E twenty seven C that is a particularly great outcome at the moment, no. No, um, no. I mean, because well, the extension, because the, the the extension would have to be longer for a start. Um, the referendum is going to take five months minimum to put on, as we know, um, and that's after we've got to the point of deciding to have a to have a referendum. So that's going to be more uncertainty. It's going to take us deep into the year that you have to have to have to do the financial perspectives. You have to do the new the new the new MFF because that's got to get through through Parliament in time. Nobody's going to want to... I mean, somebody pointed out you can roll it over, but nobody's going to want to roll it over. This is the chance for renewal every seven years, you know? This yeah. is a chance for the new priorities and so on. Yeah. 
So rolling that over is not going to be a not going to be a popular move. Well, again, um, it depends. It, it does depend on the context of a, of a referendum. If you're having a referendum, it's, un, it's mm. unlikely that a Johnson government is going to be the one presenting a referendum bill. If a, if you do get a referendum bill, it's likely to be presented by somebody else, like maybe a Corbyn minority government or something else. But but so I think the the other thing to to, to bear in mind is that step back a little from the from the sauna that we're you know we're currently in as as as, as Brits marinating in this um Brexit hell um if you if you if you're a if you if you if you're um, an outsider looking in uh, it's obvious that the only way out of this is another referendum it's the only way out it's obvious and and yeah. Bettel said the yeah. same thing yesterday Bettel yeah. said this to in, in his press conference he said I I said to Johnson didn't he? I mean, at least he was reported as saying that. As that, why don't you just have another referendum? Jesus, just cut the Gordian knot. Have another referendum. Take it back to the people. And What's as I said last time, uh, it, to me, it, it's increasingly obvious it's the only way out. Yeah, the la- it's the last man standing theory that we've we've talked about, isn't it? It's the only it's the only way that everybody can walk away from this. It's the only way that I don't want it. I want revocation. But it seems to me that if if I'm a British politician. The only way of washing your hands of this and getting out of this snooker is to say, right, well, you know what, we'll put it back for another referendum. This is interesting that you all, I haven't said much about the the revocation policy, um, but I think you and I have different views about this, actually. That I mean, firstly, as lots of people point out, John Worth being one of them. It's ridiculous to say the Lib Dems have an undemocratic policy oh, because ridiculous. of revocation. Because if you're elected as a majority well, government, course, then you can you can ridiculous. you can you can enact your program. But it's so stupid; that, it's not even worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that's not the point I'm, I'm making at all. But I've generally always thought that revocation. I mean, I've campaigned for MPs to be ready to revoke, but as an emergency measure. I mean, I think revocation is absolutely justifiable as an emergency measure to avoid crashing out to avoid no to avoid no deal i think it's a little bit harder without a majority for it in parliament to argue to argue for it as a standalone well, it would only happen if there's a standalone ma- yeah, it could only happen if there's a majority in parliament but i think there is there's still a i think there's still a benefit not look nothing is going to put this it's ridiculous anybody who says this will be over and that it'll be put to bed one way or the other uh, permanently is talking out of the hand. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing is going to do that now. No, nothing. But I think the the having started with a referendum, um, the the legitimacy of revoke in an in an in a non emergency situation is uh is a bit is a bit questionable. I have to say. I mean, obviously, we'd like to wake up and find that the the uh the government was revoking it. I but I, you know, I really think that uh. However divisive the referendum itself was, um, I think I think it would give a legitimacy that wouldn't be there, that wouldn't be there otherwise. Well, um, mm. and I think I think I, I thought a lot about what you said last early in the last episode. Actually, that I think you're right. I think um, it. I mean, it 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 varies week to week, but at one point, the idea of uh, a final say or a people's vote. Looked like it had just disappeared into the yeah. into the ether, but I, I, th- I think you're right. I think they're re- really plausible situations 
where it could be right on here. And I think yeah. one of, one of in one of the ways is one of the key things is Labour's commitment to it, which <coughs> we'll see how deep that is at the conference. Mm. But at least their policy their policy now is an absolute commitment yeah. to it. The, the hard thing, I mean, one thing that really struck me about the you know the the is it a it's, is it a hard, I don't think is it fair to call it a hardening EU attitude? It's not a hardening EU attitude. It's it's a it's a just a, a wearing out of patience, isn't it? I think I think it's um, increasing antagonism is what it is. Yeah, it is. But I think this has really been. I think this has been uh, partly because the main opposition hasn't uh, taken an ambiguous yeah, uh, opposition here. I mean, I saw some stuff. I think it was in the Guardian, which I was surprised at. Um, I saw some stuff with officials saying, "Look, what what do the Labour Party want? They want to come and renegotiate something with us that they're then going to campaign against. That they're not going to yeah. go back and sell. Well, we've had that. We've had a government come and negotiate yeah. something and then not go, not be able to go back and sell it. Um, and that there were regrets that 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 there were some regrets that in fact that that they'd had close contact with yeah. with uh, with opposition parties. And 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 now that seems to have reflected badly on Remain." Generally, yeah. when of course it, it wasn't Remain that was doing no, but doing you're right. Actually, we're yeah. all, we, you know, unfortunately, they're seen as Remainers, and you're having some, we're, we're fed up with Remainers thinking that Jeremy Corbyn's a Remainer. Well, that, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we may, we may end up remaining under a Jeremy Corbyn government, but I think call, calling him calling him a Remainer is, uh, is 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 an error. Um, but but then yeah, but then it. it I think this is my point, but I think this is my point about the the Lib Dems earlier as well. Is that there has to be, you can't have Remain unicorns. We, we've we've argued as uh, hopefully as strongly against Remain unicorns as as we have against uh, as leave as we have against leave ones. Mm. You know, and one of them was the one of them was the Remain and reform. Mm. One of them was the Labour Party's uh, you know uh, renegotiation, which was I think I said at the time a solid solid cast bar of pure and obtainium. Mm. Um, and, you know, again, I think the, the, the unicorn that you can, uh, there we are again, the unicorn that you can go and, uh, that you can go and renegotiate this, you know, we, the, there's an agreement and, and that, and that's, that's the agreement. The, the EU's not going to spend six months renegotiating with, with the Labour Party for a significantly different outcome when they're not committed to, uh, to leaving with to leaving with a deal, um, but I think if I, I, I don't know as much about this as I ought to really, but I, I thought that the Labour Party were reasonably clear that what they would be looking at is the political declaration. They'd be focusing on the political. Yeah, um, but they're talking about a customs union in which the UK has a say. They're talking about being exempt from state aid rules. They're talking about stuff that's not going to hmm. that's not going to happen. There's no in, there's but, no interest in Brussels in in starting starting up negotiations on the political declaration that say things that aren't going to that that they would never agree to. You know, but there's that's no not widely. Sense. That's not that, that that's that's a position that uh, uh, unfortunately is concentrated in the leadership. But it is concentrated in the leadership. It's not yeah. widely spread throughout the Labour Party. But the point, is they're not, the point is they're not going to renegotiate on the basis that Labour's going to campaign against it in a referendum, no. which, they, which, they, which they may well do, and which well, if they did do that, they, they should. Well, and, and this is only going to happen, it seems to me, if um, the Labour Party uh, gets a little bit more real but also um, has uh, some sort of alliance with, with other parties. So, well, precisely, and this is and this is the other unicorn. The other the other remain unicorn is from liberals that this can be done without Labour. 
Yeah. Which it well, which it can't be. I mean, people really. I mean, I saw that John Liff has been doing has been really pushing back on this a lot, which I was very pleased about. Um, and has been accused of all sorts. I mean, he's been accused of being a Corbyn Easter and a Corbyn Corbyn apologist and all this. And uh, he's not. He's a. I think he's even a member, certainly a voter for the Green Party. So he's, he's certainly not that. But he's been pushing back on this idea that that it can be done. That the there's a way to bypass the Labour leadership and all this. And and they aren't whoever the Labour leadership is. But that's up to the Labour Party. Yeah. Um. And so so I think talk, talking talking. Talking as if it can be done without Labour is an is another uh, is another remain unicorn. I'm afraid, and it, it just doesn't it just doesn't help. We can wish for it, but it just doesn't it doesn't doesn't help us actually chart a chart a course, and it embeds positions which can't be sustained. Mm-hmm. You can't you, you simply cannot sustain a we will never work with Corbyn position uh, if you want to stop Brexit, or if you even if you want to get a referendum on it, you're going to need him. Um, yeah. But we saw so again. The- we did see. We did. See, I, I still insist that what we saw, um, whenever it was, God, how long ago was it? it? Feels like a month ago, but it was probably only three or four days ago um, when we saw um, that coming together of various factions in Parliament to c- defeat the government again and again. You know that was to me quite um, encouraging. Almost yeah, inspiring. Actually, yeah. I mean, we know that that's yeah. not a coalition that's going to hold for five years, but in terms of coming together when it really counted, yeah, it, it did happen. So you get. I don't know that I really pay too much attention to you know the Lib Dems at their conference going on and on and on about Corbyn and, and the Labour Party going on and on about the Lib Dems and how you know. I mean, this that's you know they're going to do that. You know, Owen Jones is going to Owen Jones and and and, and you know. <laughs> Swinson's going to Swinson, you know, and, and you know, I mean, they're going to do that, but ultimately, um, I feel that we're in we're we're in times where I think people find themselves forced to see the big picture, certainly at crisis points. I have to say, I have to say, you're right about that. That it was extremely heartening. But when it actually counted, they did all they did all come together, and uh, that gave me hope because I'd been very sceptical that the Tory rebels were really willing to rebel. Yeah, and to their absolute credit, they did, um, and they did so with the help and cooperation of all of the other parties, which was which I thought was 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 massively heartening to see on both sides. There, I think that was I think that was fantastic. No, no, you're 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 right. There is cause for some. Yeah, but some op- some optimism there, and and also talking about a further referendum, you know, if you're talking about uh, a co- coalition's the wrong word, but you're talking about having three or four opposition parties who were all elected on a who were all elected on a on a manifesto of holding a, another referendum, then yes, you can see how that becomes yeah yeah. L- l- open for cooperation on that at least, yeah. So, you know, so. Listen, um, I'm going to plug um, unusually um, another podcast that um, it, it's, it's linked to our chums over at Romaniacs, and they always plug it too. But I don't know if you've listened to the On the Hour. On the Hour. On the Hour. Not On the Hour. <laughs> on the House. There's a Freudian slip. On the House, no, not I- On the Hour. On the House. So On the House is 
a podcast that's done by um, Sam Jima and Dr. Philip Lee. Um, initially, when they were both Tory back, <laughs> Tory ministers, they were both Tory ministers, and now they both lived in backbenches. <laughs> but it's really interesting. They do, um, they do, they do it down the pub um, oh. at the end of the week, um, and it's um, produced by our friends um, who do Romaniacs, Andrew Harrison. Um, ah, great. And it's really, really good. If if you if you're into the um, if you're into the whole politics of all of this and and, and the sort of deep nerdery ner- of, of Westminster, it's really fascinating because you're hearing these guys. Um, so Sam Jima and Dr. Philip Lee, who of course were two of the Tory rebels, who were then you know well, Philip Lee crossed the floor and Sam Jima had the whip withdrawn. They're now both joined the Lib Dems. But last week was the particularly interesting one, where they had um, Guto Beb, um, the the, mm-hmm. the other Tory um, for Aberconwy, um, and the three of them sat there basically off the leash, <laughs> <laughs> acting as if they were down the pub and off the record, just. Yeah saying stuff about this internal Tory civil war and this thing that they were saying about Boris Johnson was like unfit to print, but also people like Matt Hancock, they're sort of clear allies. Anyway, the, the reason I'm saying I'm plugging it is that I actually think that if you do want to get a sense for where it all might end up in Parliament, I mean, okay, it's only these three guys who have all sorts of axes to grind, but it is really interesting listening to these people who were Tories, proper Tories, yeah. Governments, are, you know, in government, very recently, ministers and vote, vote, voting with voting uh, for the deal. Fuck, They're not leavers. They're not well, remainers, with, rather. With also fucking iffy voting records, I believe. Uh, indeed, on uh, many in things. General, yeah. yeah, but they're they're actual human beings, um, and they come across as actual human beings um, with you know warts and all. They're not remainers. Okay, they'll be painted as remainers. They're not remainers. Um, but then talking about where things stand and where things might go and how alliances yeah. have been built across the – it's really interesting for a student of current British politics uh, and just sort of getting a sense of what's happening in terms of the evolution of these various alliances, the flowing alliances in, in the House. So I really do recommend it. Mm. Yeah, it's worth a listen, especially the one with Guto Beb, which is not last week's but the week's before. It's really interesting. Well, anything produced by Andrew Harrison will be brilliant. So, of course, yeah. Uh, he's a lovely guy. Especially episode whatever it was of um, Romaniacs when we were on it. That was a good one, wasn't yeah, it? Really good one. That, Did you hear yeah. that one? That was good. That was yeah. corking, actually. Joe, I have a great regret about that one. Oh, yeah? I really regret my choice for what goes in their time capsule. Do you know how that, they have that little feature where they... Um, I can't remember what you put oh, in it. Oh, it was completely throw. It's not even rem- memorable. It was ridiculous. It was one of these sort of slightly, uh, uh, I, I will miss, was it re- respect or re- honour? Well, I don't know. It was some bollocks on it. I, I, had, I had all sorts of um, much more interesting ones that I could put in. Somebody put Kate Hoey in it. Put in the time capsule? Yeah. Was that, what, was that just to get rid of her because it's, it's being launched now? Or? Uh, I don't know. It was, uh, yeah. I thought actually putting Kate Hoey in is a good move to, to so that future future generations understand what we were fucking up against. Here. A warning from history. A warning, Kate Hoey. A warning from history. <laughs> 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 so 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 what what happens if we so we get the referendum? Um, let's make the, the the biggest assumption in British politics that we that we won it. <laughs> 
Uh, that's a whole. We have to do a whole podcast on that. I think um, on whether we whether whether how and whether we win it. Um, <laughs> what what happens? Um, what happens the day after? What happens when we what win happens the referendum? The article, what happens the day Article Fifty is revoked? Or what happens the day after that? Um, Upcrep starts up again. People start going back into work. Yeah, they'll have to. They'll have to, ch- they'll have to change the. We'll, plaque we'll on have that, a commissioner. Prep, yeah. <laughs> Point a commissioner super quick. Um, uh, John John Burko would be available. I think that was also. Oh dear! <laughs> Sorry, a, a bit of acoustic. Fo- a bit of acoustic. Uh, <laughs> Your new studio just, just, just falling over behind me. <laughs> it's fine. We might have a slight slight echo around the around the three k area now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I heard that um, ridiculous suggestion. Um, there might have been an on the house, actually. Yeah, that was that was on the podcast I just mentioned. On the house, they were they were talking about John Burko as being a potential candidate. I don't think he'd want it, would he? No, well, he'd be terrible. No, I don't know that he's particularly Europhile. He's just he's just a defender of Parliament. I mean, of Parliament, which is what he should be. Yeah, well, yeah, which is what he should be. Mm. This is actually, you know, that we're talking about how. Sorry to squid around here, but. Talking about how uh, pleased you were by that show of uh, unity and solidarity on the part of Parliament, I was really right. I mean, we should you shouldn't underplay that. But you know, do you remember in episode blah, 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 a lot long time ago, um, we talked about how the the Euro- in the European system the institutions stand up for themselves mm. as in as institutions, yeah. and that was really part. It was really the first time we saw Parliament. You know, going to going to great lengths to do this, wasn't it? It was, yeah. you know, really, really collective, collectively as an institution. And and yeah, I think that was, I think that was really heartening. I mean, when you put it in the context of the 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 shit that we're in constitutionally, uh, seeing Parliament bounce into action like that, yeah, uh, was was actually extremely. It was. It was uh, encouraging. It could well, it could turn out to be very important. Well, well. they could have done an awful lot more, frankly. But yeah, it was um, in terms of using procedures. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, if they'd agreed the cherry bill originally, none of this would have happened, of mm. course. Well, if oh. if if John Burko hadn't allowed the Queen's speech to be amended so that they introduced the referendum bill, none of this would have happened. So you know. So don't give John Burko too much of a free pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be that will be an un, unpopular unpopular view. At the no, moment. I mean, okay. Look, I don't. John Burko has. His 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 mer- has has his merits, but um, yeah, he's he's an interesting and complex figure, which is fine. But he's not a Remain hero. He's just a guy doing something in defence of an institution that he feels is it's his duty and rights to. Yeah, fair enough. The reason I, the reason I ask what happens after after revocation after a referendum and revoca- revocation. The reason I'm thinking about that is really that you know I think. It's very difficult. It's very difficult because, on the one hand, you want people to be enthusiastic about a British future in Europe, a British future in the EU. But on the other hand, we have to be realistic about it as well, eh? and that 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 makes it quite potentially quite a quite a hard sell. You know, when the, the, we're not going to walk in and remain and remain and reform. The, in, the 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 interest in what the UK has to say and wants will be at an all time low. And the danger, the danger is that you know the 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 the, the Brexity tropes yeah. about being isolated and powerless could, you know, really could become 
well become true. So if anything we can, I mean, yes. If anything we can do, do we need to? Uh, does Remain need to re, need to project a better image towards the EU? And yeah, well, there's lots of things that we could do, but I think that the important thing to remember is that uh, this is what the EU does. The EU takes European states that are emerging from trouble. From conflict? No, no, I'm, you're laughing, <laughs> but I'm serious. No, you're down. Look at look at right. look at Greece. Right. Look at I'm Portugal. Right. Look at Spain. Look at look at the original. Look at Germany after the war. Look at the countries and of Central and Eastern Europe yeah. after the fall of um, the war and fall of communism. What the EU does is it takes these broken countries and helps them to mend. This, right. is actually what it, this, is, this is actually what it does best. It's what it I does think, best. Look, view, at, yeah. look at Article 2 of the treaty. Look at the, look at the values that are set out in Article 2 of the treaty. Those will guide the way in which the EU manages the process of reintegrating the UK. Um, it will require a... I think a, a certain attitude, uh, an approach from the British, which I, I suspect it would get in in in, in the light in, in following a, a referendum result like that. That's re- that's really that's really the question, isn't it? Would we would we get that, or would 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 even an opposition coming into power, you know, carry on carry on regardless? I mean. No, I think you'd get it. That's that's really, but that's the yeah, that's the big that's the big question. Uh, I think I think I think and hope you might be right, but that really is the big question. I think it's been too traumatic. I think I think you will see a kind of counter revolution. I think you will see a process of um, a a hangover process. I think that you're going to see the British. I think you will see whatever happens. Actually, one way or the other, it might be a long way away. It might be just around the corner. But you're going to see a process of national kind of. Well, hopefully national reconciliation, but certainly you're going to have a hangover where Britain wakes up and thinks, oh, what the fuck have we just been doing? There will Do be, think- a, uh, there'll be a, an inquiry. There'll be some kind of, I think, judge-led inquiry into Brexit. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's inevitable. I don't Do you think we have the. Do you, are, you, are you convinced we have the capacity for, for for self-reflection like that? I'm not. I'm not sure at all that we do. I'm not sure that there's. I, I, I think, think we all do, I but I think some of us do. But- and I think that the people that do are hopefully going to be back in charge. Actually, at some point. And I think that I think that a majority of the public, you know, a lot of people say, no, we need to go through the fire. We need to have the Brexit in order to be able to come out the other. And a lot of people are saying that, especially on the EU side, and they may be right. But I'm I'm going to say, <laughs> no, we can do it. <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, but, this is the thing. This is the thing that I mean. You must have the. Oh, I know you have the same thoughts that 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 I do when you wake up in the morning or when you're trying to and can't go to sleep at night. You know, you you have the question about whether it's whether it's better if we yeah. it's better now whether it's better if we just go, go sleep, now. Yeah. And like you said, I think I think your answer was very good though. In that, in in uh, from some perspectives, the answer to that is yes, but it's not worth the the harm that'll be caused to uh, to our people. Well, I tell you what, in, th- in, in in doing that, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, I tell you what, I think with the best possible outcome for the UK and the EU would be, and this will be a bit controversial, but you, you, I don't think you're going to disagree with me. The best possible I'll outcome, I do. the best possible outcome for the UK would be for Article 50 to be revoked with or without a referendum, 
and for Scotland to leave the UK and to become an independent country in the EU. Um, with a, in a, in a friendly kind of velvet divorce style, you know, yep. Czech Slovak type of split. And that forces then also a complete, yeah. um, you know, that forces a root and form, a, a root and branch navel gazing reassessment. Realignment real, you know, in, in, in England yeah, yeah. and Wales. I mean, you know. It seems, seems you know, talking about remain unicorns. This is my unicorn. <laughs> I mean, I do because I, you, you need that. You need um, that period of, of, of national self reflection and, and renewal. And I, increasingly, as things get worse and worse, and, and certainly the, the abuses that Johnson is, is imposing on the constitution and so on, I think that you, that it used to be a sandal wearing Lib Dem hippie. Um, was it Charter eighty eight? You know, um, yeah. Uh, only, only, only a few nerds actually cared about um, a codified constitution and so on. I think that's mainstream now, isn't it? It's mainstream. When we've well, seen well, the- you, you, you've got to think that, that you know, England in, in that situation, England would then watch Scotland effectively having a having a constitutional convention and writing a new writing a new constitution. Um. And yeah, I mean, it's, they'd they'd watch this happen. They, they they'd watch a process of uh, of of national, you know, national unity forming after the after the result of that referendum, um, and of a, a a new country trying to find reasonable ways to do stuff. And uh, yeah, having that on your doorstep, I think we could make a could make a big difference. I think you're, I think you're dead right there. Um, I think that would be hugely helpful to the rest of the UK now for it to, for it to happen. Because also, you know, the 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 people who say it has to happen, you can't do these things when you're in trouble. You can't have reflection and careful thought and. Uh, honest self, you know, honesty about honesty about yourself when you're in the middle of the shit, and we'd be in the middle of the shit if it happened. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be fi- we'd be fighting economically, we'd be fighting on all yeah. flanks, we'd be trying to trying to find deals, trying to uh, trying to maintain influence, trying to maintain the alliance, trying. I mean, trying to and trying to trying, trying to stay cool next to Luxembourg. Yeah, but try, but trying to deal with the hit to public finances, trying to trying to deal with the, the lack of lack, you know, the 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 skill shortages and and all this kind of stuff, you know. And you, the, this is the point about the disaster. Those who see chaos as an opportunity are the people who already have a plan and want to want to impose that plan. And that's that's what can happen afterwards. That's what can emerge from chaos. Is that those who those who have the have the plan for Singapore on sea, for the bonfire of rights, can 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 implement that plan. But that's but a plan is not what's needed. What's needed is exactly as you say is need is is careful careful reflection and uh, a bit um, some national national renewal. So the idea of having a big bang event, but which doesn't cause all of those things, which is what. Uh, mm. An amicable Scottish independence would be could could well be the event to call for. I think that's a really good point. Well, it would be great. I, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to put a lot of money on it, <laughs> but it's what I'd like to see happen. Like I said, it's my it's my little unicorn. 
Well, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be hugely, I wouldn't be surprised by it at all. I mean, Labour have said that if Scotland wants a referendum, it should have a referendum. Mm. You're likely to have Labour in, uh, unless unless it's No Deal. You know, the Tories, Johnson, and a No Deal catastrophe. If that's averted, if that's averted, and there's a different government, it's likely to be a Corbyn-led one. Corbyn said that Scotland can have the referendum. I think Brexit doesn't have to happen now in Scotland. That was all the worry mm. that for opinion to turn in favour of independence, Brexit had to actually happen. The pain had to actually be felt. I don't have the sense that's the case in Scotland, actually. I think the the, uh, the, tre- the treatment is such that you, you're getting people who are uh, inherently unionists saying, oh, Christ, we can't, we can't. I'm a unionist, but we can't fucking take that shit, you know? Um, I think... I think- I think we are in a revolutionary phase, so a lot of people are going to be challenging um, assumptions and um, first principles um, about the way that the UK is organised and run. And that that extends to the union itself, it extends to um, the first-past-the-post system, it extends to all sorts of the party system. All sorts of things are going to be challenged. I mean, I, who knows, you know, but, but I do think that people... Um, are ask are, are asking questions that they weren't asking five, even five years ago. So, so actually, what we could end up with is uh, the UK staying in the EU and that membership of the EU effectively being a parking place, the way people used to talk about EFTA, of being a temporary parking place while while the UK goes puts its you know gets its shit together. Yeah, goes well, through, well, goes through well, which is exactly what the Good Friday Agreement yeah. was. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't talk about it in the past tense. But that's that's the point of the GFA. That's why the GFA is, is so threatened by Brexit, because the GFA could only have happened in the sort of in, 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 in the warm and welcoming context of, of, yeah. of EU membership. So Yeah, no, that's that's a very good point. That that you know, I, I hadn't looked at it like that before, and that does um that does prevent a much brighter picture. I mean, my difficulty, you know, my difficulty is aside from the worry about what's actually best for Europe in the long run. Although I have to say, in the long run, having a recalcitrant nuclear power on your doorstep that uh, blames you for everything is 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 not right. a positive thing for you. What do you want? Do you want? Do you want? Do you want an unstable UK? Exactly. Do you want an unstable UK in the um, in, in, in the large uh, um, supranational organisation designed to um, bring about stability, or do you want it on your you know outside? <laughs> getting more unstable yeah. so yeah so yeah. ultimately yeah. anyway look um, oh well that's a, no but that, that's a very that's a very positive positive uh positive set of thoughts to end it on chris thanks for that yeah actually. which which that is, is yeah. highly suspect i think yeah <laughs> yeah but you have yeah yeah but you have to you but you have to have a positive ob- you have to have a positive objective you yeah. can't just be an opponent of things you have to have a positive objective and you know i i think this is somewhere this is something where Remain has uh, has has upped its game a bit mm. of talking about having a positive vision of the UK mm. after all this is sorted out, but I think it's something that needs to be needs to be worked on more and needs to be and needs to be and is going to hopefully need to be sold to, oh, sold, to sold to people. Absolutely, we have to work on it. I mean, the number of times I get accused by people, I don't think that they're trolls. I think that they're just sort of le- they're leavers who just assume that I hate the UK. And they're just like, well, you know, you, but you're Europe, you hate the UK, you know, they just do not get it. They just don't get it. Why, why, why would we be making this fuss if we hated the UK? 
Exactly. If we hit the UK, I would have shrugged my shoulders yeah. and carried on playing my guitar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 only that I don't <laughs> that uh, that that we yeah. that we that we do this. Exactly. Thank Christ. Yeah. Should we do should we do lie of the week before we go? Yeah. Yeah. Might as well. You want to roll we the music? Yeah, we I'll roll the music. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Well, as usual, we're sport of choice. <laughs> but um, we already talked about a couple of them. We talked about Levy, Levy, you and their Tim Pot Luxembourg. I thought that was, you know, that's that's, that's hilarious. Just because it's like calling, it's like calling. Um, yeah, your 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 cheapskate BMW Seven Series, or your. I mean, it's just it it it's what is is that an oxymoron? Or is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it's it like, is exactly, yeah. it is exactly that. It is, but also, I mean, it's particularly it's particularly bad one at the point when <laughs> the UK is looking increasingly like the mo- like the most tin pot country in Europe, you know, um, <laughs> possibly possibly the the EU's ever seen. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, we've got some of the facets of a failing state going on here. Oh, I've, I was, uh, we've yeah. got a democratic, a total democratic crisis, and they're calling. Uh, I was having a chat with an Italian uh, colleague today. Exactly, I was having a chat with an Italian colleague today. We were just commenting on how much worse Johnson is than Berlusconi, <laughs> <laughs> and we were oh, like, no, "Yeah, I he really a, is. He's much I worse." Have, I, I have a very, very good, very good Italian uh, Italian friend. Who you know never never never. Uh, in fact, I'll give a shout out to Julio here, who uh, never ceases to 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 remind me how much better Brexit makes him feel about his own country's politics. But I mean, yeah, say what you like about Berlusconi, he was you know, and he may have been a friend of uh, Vladimir and all that. But I mean, I don't think he was ever quite so openly hostile towards the EU. But anyway, um, anyway. Um, uh, what else? Um, the people are still talking about a clean break. I mean, do we need to talk about that again? I mean, no, no. not really. Uh, real what, signs of real yeah. signs of movement. This is a corker. Yeah, real signs like, of movement. Like fuck that. Yeah, like you know, <laughs> I think that with bowel twitches is you know. I mean, come on, real signs of movement. And 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 this is part of this spin that that that's coming out of number ten. Like no 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 no, believe just believe, be positive. It's going to happen. No no, there's real signs of movement. And everyone's going what. What, From whom? Yeah. I mean, David Hennig did a great, great thread saying on on signs of movement, saying, "Look, what what we're talking about here with signs of movement is one side giving up serious red lines. You know, red lines that are serious about now. The UK might do that because it might have to do that. The EU doesn't have to do that, and 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 isn't going yeah, to do that. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're talking. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're not we're, yeah. not we're not talking about a little wiggle to the a little wiggle to the right. Or, yeah. uh, you know, removing a removing a uh, removing a clause here and there. Uh, we're talking about something something big. Well, this it's, it's the aversion to it's the aversion to detail that 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 this government shows at every possible turn. Real si- What are the real signs of movement? And as you as 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 you say, as David said, in a negotiation, if you're talking about real movement. What that means is that you're shifting on your red lines. We all know what yeah. the EU's red lines are. We also know what the UK's red lines are. They're, they're arbitrary and impossible, but we know what they are. So <laughs> self, self-contradictory. Which of those are moving? Just to tell us. Where, where is the movement? On who? I mean, who? 
what? I know the, the, the movement that there has been is that Johnson has given up on frictionless trade. That's the, that's the movement, is that there is no pretense of frictionless trade either, um, either across the sea borders in, you know, between the UK and the EU or between uh, Ireland and, and Northern Ireland. And, that, and that, that's, that's, the, that's the crucial bit of movement which, have, which really shows what, what fucking contempt they have yeah. for the GFA well, and, for, and, and for Ireland. And it's a movement directly in, directly in the wrong direction yeah. uh, to getting an agreement. Well, so, okay, but this is where then we can go back to what we were talking about earlier, which is where maybe they are going to move on the all-UK customs area, or they might now be moving back towards the island-only backstop, in which case that could be real movement, but they're not telling us about it and they're not showing it. They're just saying there's real signs of movement. Maybe... Maybe there but, are, yeah, but, but that's probably not what they the, mean. The, 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 yeah, no, exactly. It's not what they mean precisely. Yeah. The number 10 spin is that there's movement on the EU yeah, side. but there, it, and, it might actually be movement on the UK side. They just took, they're too scared to tell us about and they're waiting for the right moment to dress it up as something that isn't what it is. So, you know, maybe. I find that, I, I, I find that a bit hard, hard to believe. And, and, I mean, unless, I mean, there is, there is political capital to be made out of taking it to parliament and having it re- and having it refused you know as part of the blame blame apportioning yeah. process isn't there yeah. um yeah so one last one for the road oh christ do we have to mention them though is it, um, i don't know we don't know if it's a lie it might be true but um yeah, it could well be true david cameron said as if it was something that would shock us that he thinks about the referendum he thinks about brexit every day well, well, well welcome to our world fucking, david fucking every do. day wow <laughs> yeah. talk about every five minutes Jesus. constant presence sat there on our shoulders i was just looking on the web this afternoon about the steps that i would have to take to be able to stay in my home here yeah uh yeah yeah so thanks to, yeah, and, thanks when, I, and when i have yeah. to take them by so yeah thanks brilliant what a man. You fucker. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's put me in a fucking bad mood for the rest of the night. Thanks, Chris. Well, go, <laughs> if you go away and edit it and just listen to my positive bit, there you go. Yeah, you put your unicorn chafer in the middle today. That yeah. was good. Yeah. That was good. All right. Okay, so, um, great. Uh, I just want to put another plug in for Rally for Our Rights, yes. which will take place on the 12th of October. Um, the plan is coming together. Thank you to everybody who has donated and all of the groups, which are numerous, who are uh, who are supporting supporting us in doing this. Um, this so we have the venue sorted out, and uh, the venue will be uh, in in London. Um, and actually, we're going to have three venues, which are very very close together, um, literally um, almost you know connected. If it, if there were towns, there'd be a conurbation, um, which will be the um, the EU office. On Smith Square, uh, 55 Tufton Street, and the Home Office. And the rationale behind this is that the, we have the this takes in the, the 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 guarantors of our right current rights, which is the EU. It takes in the people who have been campaigning to rip up our rights and the the, the, the people who want the bonfire of the rights, and and then it takes in the people who are supposed to be the the, the guardians uh, of our rights and who millions of people 
do rely on and will rely on and who are uh, have shown themselves to be not fit for purpose repeatedly at the Home Office. Um, and what we'd like people to do is we'd like people to come down and we'd like people to, to go to one of... There'll be a, a chance to speak for anybody who wants to at each of those places. Um, and we haven't fully formed what we want people to do at each, but it'll be along the lines um, that we want people to talk about uh, the, the, the positives of the rights that are important to them and that they rely on um, at, at, outside the EU office and to, to, to say to the EU how important, how important they are to us. Um, and uh, we want people to talk about the bonfire of rights at, uh, at Tufton Street and the undermining, the undermining of democracy that's gone on with the, the, the dark money cabal here. Um, and then we want to talk about. We want people to talk about uh, what has to be safeguarded from Home Office, and 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 um, and this is not about. This is not just about uh, EU citizens in the EU, EU citizens in the UK, or UK citizens in the EU. Even though those are primarily who's organising this, this is about all of our rights. And I, we guarantee you that every single person is in a category who whose rights will either be reduced or are under threat by by Brexit. If you're employed, they are. If you're unemployed, they are. Uh, we all lose our uh, we all lose our freedom of movement. Uh, if you're in a trade union, they are. If you're not in a trade union, they are. Um, if you rely on medicines, they are. Uh, if you are uh, LBGT, they are. The rights are under threat because uh, we see who's in power, we see how weak the system is, and we see that the external guarantees of our rights are are, are reduced to the point where these are these are under grave threat. Um, so we really encourage everybody to come to come and talk. And there will be named speakers, and we're, we've got some. We've got some. Uh, hopefully, we've got some excellent, really great people uh, who'll who'll come and speak as well. But the important thing is that uh, is that. Uh, is the grassroots? It's not grassroots. Why not say that? Um, don't need a buzzword for it. Is the people actually come and tell us their fears and their worries and their experiences, uh, and uh, and talk to people? And we want to send a signal here that uh, that we'll fight for our rights. That, that our rights won't go won't go gently into the dark here. Excellent. <clears throat> well, I wish I wish you guys luck. Um... I should also say that if you're only going to go to one protest, go to the big one on the 19th, yeah. uh, the People's Vote March. This is where the numbers really count. Um, as you probably know, uh, Rally for Our Rights was set up because people were already committed to travelling yeah. uh, <coughs> that day, and we wanted to take advantage of it. But if you can come to both, that's even better. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, yeah that, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully do another podcast before then, but... But um, yeah. it's good to keep reminding people and get that in the diary. Please go if you can. So that that that's great. And uh, yeah, the website we got uh, people pointing out we hadn't mentioned the website last week. It's r four o r dot co dot uk. People people never look at the at the page and the website. <laughs> I put the link up on the. Oh, God. Have you you've seen the you've seen Let Me Google that for you? Yes, have you? I have. Yeah, no, I got yeah. in big trouble yeah, once for, for for doing that to somebody, and they they thought I was being extremely passive aggressive and gone. Well, it is it is the most passive aggressive website in the world. So yeah, I'm sure you were. Being. 
just joking. <laughs> Chill. Jeez. I used to send it to people all the time. Uh, well, I, I used to until that that point, which after which it kind of like lost its flavour. Anyway, yeah. um, we should probably wrap up. We've been going for we an hour and a half. Yep. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you got this far through, um, and it's lovely to be doing this again, Chris. Yeah, I'm it's really, good. You know, we can't, um, we'll probably be a, t- a two week break unless you do it. I'm, I'm going to be in Tashkent next week. You're going to be in Tashkent. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Excellent. Might be. It's 37 degrees there, I think, so it's not going to be that cool. But. Well, that, sounds, that sounds ghastly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so maybe the week after. But um, Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks very much, everybody, and uh, goodbye. Good night. Good night. Loss. They can't